On today's NoosaCast, we're talking high school sports with Paul Lecker, who is bringing us the AppletonSportsPage.com website. Check it out if you haven't already. It's good old-fashioned sports coverage, just like the good old days in the newspaper. Tosh and I take an old look at new, and we play It's Forgotten and I'm Never Forgetting. Our throwback this week, it's a good one. The Gravedigger, number 93, Gilbert Brown. Now, let's get this show on the road. There's not much daily coverage of sports anymore. I mean, the TV stations don't even hardly do highlights anymore. There's a need for it, and I'm hoping I can fill that void. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. Hey, NoosaCast listeners, welcome to episode 11. Uh, We are reaching those almost teenage years of the podcast. And uh, this week, we're... We're going to take a little closer look at our high school sports in the area. I think that's kind of exciting. It is, Tosh. That's kind of what, uh, when you and I started this thing, we uh, we definitely wanted to put a little focus on on high school athletics, high school sports, and we do that in this episode, talking talking a lot of FBA, talking, talking football, talking volleyball, talking golf. We're, we're talking all sports. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be good. You know, we have Paul Lecker, who started the Marshfield Sports um, in that area and has been doing that for a number of years and he's transitioning to uh, include the Fox Valley now. So uh, we have the three Appleton high schools plus FVL and Xavier on his uh, Appleton sports page. Uh, so we're going to really talk to him. Uh, he's been seeing a lot and talking to a lot of, of ADs and uh, kind of going through the process of trying to do some coverage again for, for local sports. Yeah, you know, we we talk about it a little bit in the interview, but you and I grew up in an era, you know, we, we got the sports page. That's, that's how we got our sports. Yeah. Either you get it on the news, but we certainly always read read the newspaper, whether it was the Journal Sentinel or the Post Crescent. And Paul is Paul. We, we've been friends with Paul for a long time, and he grew up that same way. And he's been in the newspaper business pretty much his whole working life. Um, obviously, the, the state of newspapers right now, it's tough to keep a job. So he carved a niche for himself and, and has been really successful in Marshfield. His, his wife, Stacy is a, is a school teacher in, in Marshfield. So they, they live there and Paul covers uh, sports in Marshfield and, and is very successful. So people go to his website just like they used to go to a newspaper and it's, it's written in that same style. There's box scores and stats and, and, and all of that. It's, it's, it's quite awesome to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I remember growing up and, you know, you look at the local sports and you have a right. local section of sports. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, like like they say, they, the sports page is in the middle because it's the most important part. That's right. You got it. Everything else protects it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm excited about that. I, I, you know, I know we've talked about it. We really want to get back and start looking at these high schools and highlight some of these amazing athletes we have in our area that are doing some great things on the field and off the field, for that matter, and schooling as well. Uh, we got some great, great academic all-stars in this area as well. So to highlight that and to get a little closer look at that, I'm excited about this episode. Um, and yeah. then we're going to uh, close it out with a little bit of Gilbert Brown, a little grave digger action. Number 93. Of course, he was, um, well, he played here in the 90s. Obviously, everybody's going to remember Gilbert Brown, nose tackle for the Packers, number 93. He'd plug that hole in the home green era you know and have reggie white off to one side and obviously the offense led by brett Favre. those those were some great yeah. years in the 90s and he was um, a lot of fun to watch and we were fortunate in 2007 to have him at the uh, the red smith banquet and and uh he, he he was exactly what you'd expect big old number 93 he was he was a hoot yeah this should be a good episode but uh before we get there we got to talk a little you know little local sports ourselves and you had some some big games and some upsets this week um, yes. I think the biggest one uh, in my mind is the uh, Kakana coming out and taking care of uh, Nina, which Kakana is a great team. Uh, but, you know, Nina is one of those traditionally strong teams in the FBA. 
And uh, they really, Kakana came out and played. Yeah, they really did. Kakana is playing really good, really good ball this year. You know, I don't know, Tash, what if if it speaks to, I, I don't know if, if if overall that the talent maybe is down just a little bit in the FVA. I, I'm not sure. Or, or, or maybe it's just, I mean, maybe, yeah, know, they've just evened out a the little opposite. bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Balance up all around. Um, yeah, yeah, very well know, could think, be. You know, high school sports is kind of weird. You have those ebbs and flows. You lose some seniors, but maybe you have some juniors that are talented coming up or you have some guys getting experience and it takes a couple of years. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. You know, there's, there's some good teams in the FBA. I mean, you really, truly have one of the best teams to not win a game in the FBA right now in Fond du Lac. Boy, what a schedule they've had. Holy yeah. cow. I mean, you, you go to, you know, Bayport and Appleton North and, and Kimberly. I mean, they, they've just been, it's been murderer's role for sure for for the, that group. Absolutely. And, it's week four. We just finished week four going into week five. There's still plenty of time. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fond du Lac's there. You know, you just have to make the tournament, yeah. right? You just have right. to qualify. Mike Holgren right. used to say, you know, just qualify for the tournament. And right. Anything Absolutely. can happen. So they, they're you, playing. They're playing well. Yeah. They really, truly are. It, it doesn't show in the record, but they're playing well. Um, and you have Appleton North playing well right now as well. Uh, and Kimberly for that matter. I mean, Kimberly's still, you know, you can't, you can't knock Kimberly. They're still the top dog until somebody knocks them off the podium. Right. So they're I mean, right there. That could be, yeah, you a, can't count them out. It could be a huge game at the end of the season with, uh, Kimberly and, and North playing each other. Yeah. There's been some big ones through the years and it's, it's setting up to be that, that same thing, you know, this year, uh, we'll, We'll see what happens. It's, it's exciting. I mean, it, if nothing else, high school, and we, we've said this now for the last couple of weeks, if you see lights on on a Friday night on a football field, stop and watch the game because it's probably going to be one heck of a game, whether you're up in Freedom or whether you're in Menasha, FBL, yeah. Appleton North, wherever. All these teams are competitive games. They're, they're great high school, high school football games. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about the two other Appleton teams, Xavier and FBL. Both right. playing extremely well as uh, at this time as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of good teams. And, um, you know, we're talking football here, but we're also leaving out um, volleyball. Well, we yes. have two of the top teams in the state in our in our area with uh, girls volleyball with Xavier. Xavier girls are just dominating right now. FBL girls are playing some great ball as well. Um, and you have the on the other side of the boys, uh, Appleton North. Just a really yes. good program as well. So and we're going to hear a little bit about that uh, in the episode uh, with Paul and his Appleton Sports page as well. Yeah, Paul does a nice job covering covering volleyball. You're right. It's it's uh, there's some great teams around here. I mean, that, that that's another sport that surprises me a little bit because I, I feel like that sport just came out of nowhere. But you know, for the last half dozen years, the the, the gym is packed. That the teams are getting better. Um, yeah. I mean, heck, in college, Tosh, they had 95,000 the other day down in Nebraska for yeah, the, for the women's volleyball. That's in, yeah. that's nuts, isn't it? Imagine the bat, girls' Badgers doing that as well, the women's Badgers team. That would be yeah. incredible. Yeah, they could fill Camp Randall, I think, doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It'd be cool to see. So, and, well, you know, I guess, I guess one thing we uh, got to talk about, Joe, uh, since we're here in Appleton, just very short distance from Green Bay, is uh, Green Bay's per- – performance week one yeah it's always nice to beat the bears right yeah you know Bear week. i don't i don't want to uh to get over excited considering it is the bears and the bears still suck um <laughs> but the packers really put together an impressive game plan they executed um you know i i don't necessarily think it was anything flashy but they executed on all levels of the of play and they, they had a solid game plan. Uh, they made big plays when they needed to, um, both offense and defense. Absolutely. You know, like like most football games, whether you're talking college or whether you're talking the pros, the game's won in the trenches. And then that's, I mean, the Packers offensive line, yeah, I thought, played incredible. really, really well. Absolutely. Right. And and the defensive defensive line just had constant pressure. And, and yeah. That's a formula for success. That that base that'll never change in football. If, if, right. if you can win in the trenches, I think you, you've got a good shot to win every every Sunday, every Saturday, every Friday. 
Well, so it's, it's nice that people have some excitement right now with yes. the Packers. Yeah, you've got the Packers, the Brewers. I mean, it's a, it's a right. heck of a time here to be a, a Wisconsinite. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. The Badgers, maybe not so much, but it's... Yeah. Uh, you know. There's some growing pains. Again, I don't think it's it's time to get too ex- excited down the other side of it. Right, um, right. They, they have a lot of changes, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll see once the Big Ten starts and see what they can do out in that West Conference. Yeah, West side that, of the conference, I should say. Nope, exactly. Is that legends or leaders? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. I forgot about that. Anything else new happening, Joe? No, Tosh, we're just plugging along. It's football season. Just, um, yeah, reffing a lot of games, enjoying the Packer game. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're just, uh, ball is here. It's getting yeah. darker a little bit earlier. And it's, yeah. uh, we're plugging along, Tosh. We're plugging along. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's an exciting time. You know, we always say it's an exciting time, but you know, you got football now, um, you got college football, you got high school sports. So you were talking about sports going on almost every single day of the week that you can mm-hmm. find something. So that that's uh that's fun. Whether you know, and go out and watch some sports you don't know about. Um, especially at the high school level, because there's a lot of excitement across the entire area and just seeing these young kids play is fantastic as well. Absolutely. Go check out a volleyball game. You're in and out quickly and you use yeah. tense action. It's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Tosh, I, I have to ask you now, you're a week into school. How are you, everybody adjusted? How is it? How's the school uh, year going? I'm just going to say the honeymoon's not over yet. Um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see once that happens. I mean, truly we have a few more days to see what, what's going to actually uh, transpire, but overall good group of kids and yeah, I'll, I'll get them through the class, and hopefully they learn something along the way. All well, right. Tosh, yeah, I think we, yeah. we get out with the show, talk a little area high school sports with uh, with Mr. Lecker. That sounds good. We'll get, let's get to it. All right, Noosa Cast listeners, here's that segment that we take a look at history and see what's going on in the nation, in Wisconsin, even in our neck of the woods here at Northeastern Wisconsin. So you ready for this one, Joe? I am ready for this one, Tosh. I was kind of surprised at uh, it mine, to be honest with you. Oh, well, go ahead then. Well, when, when, you think of, when you think, what is the oldest city in Wisconsin? What, what, like, what comes to your mind? I, I instantly Jeez. went to the southern part of the state. I, I did too. I was thinking like, you know, Dodge City or something like that. Yeah, well, I and I, I thought very similar, but in fact, it's uh, it's good old Green Bay, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, is is the oldest city in Wisconsin? I I did not know that. No, nope. uh, it goes way back actually to 1634 when Jean Nicolet, the French explorer, came down through the Great Lakes and Bay of Green Bay, and he ended up setting up a a, uh, a post in a um, a trading post in 1634 in Green Bay. So that was the okay. first first thing that was set there and kind of as time went on and I, I know the, the british were in there for a little while and then finally the americans and uh, i think the early 1800s built uh fort fort was it fort howard fort howard there. yeah so, yeah yep. so i uh it in fact goes down in, in wisconsin history as green bay being the oldest city in wisconsin and wow and that's cool. pretty cool i'm sure there's a lot of ties to the fox valley then too because the river was such an important piece of our history so yeah, yeah that's that's pretty awesome. Very you know, it's nice. weird. You, you never think about that, but I mean, you can traverse from down Green Bay through the Fox River, the Wisconsin River, all the way to the Mississippi, and then absolutely heck out to the Gulf of Mexico. But uh, it doesn't seem like you can do that anymore. But it, uh, yeah, it was quite the quite the travel way back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Fur That's a good one. Was big, big, big yeah. fur traders, Tosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, mine goes back to 1903. And we're going to head a little bit south and go to Milwaukee. And um, 1903 uh, was the Milwaukee Mile Auto Racing Track. Ah. And Milwaukee Mile in 1903, a gentleman had, um, it was the racing debut of the Milwaukee Mile. And nice. set a track record of 50 miles per hour <laughs> for a lap. <laughs> I know that doesn't seem much now, but in 1903, that's, uh, that's going pretty fast. And Milwaukee Mile is the oldest uh, track in America. Um, dates all the way back with one, at least one race since 1903. 
No kidding. So yeah. the one at, at State Fair Park, that, yep. that the one at State track. Fair Park. Yeah. Yeah. In so fact, 19, was, oh, go ahead. 1903 was the uh, racing debut debut of auto uh, but the track itself dates all the way back into like the 1870s with horse racing yeah so what year what year was the car invented Nine, right around that time right yeah it must have been right around that time yeah i can't i couldn't think of that off the top of my head but if they're racing in 1903 uh, it's got to be you know fairly close to those times that's so, so awesome isn't it that, that yeah. that's total you know what? Hey, we built this thing and it goes, Hey, kind of goes faster than a horse. Let's race it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think I can't remember the exact date, but it was a dirt track until like the 1930s, I think, but I could be wrong on that date, but yeah, I was, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and they yeah. still do at least one race race a year. I mean, they used to race Indy there. I think NASCAR has been there before. So, um, yeah, cool. You know, they probably not the same technology as the F1 race cars have now, but uh, pretty cool. 50 miles an hour, 72nd lap. <laughs> That's awesome. And it, it makes me think cause we, we've had a couple of racers at the Red Smith Banquet, Mario Andretti yeah. and Bobby Allison. And I, I'm sure both of those, you know, being indie racers. Right. I always remember, you know, obviously watching the Indianapolis 500 on the Memorial Day weekend. But Absolutely. I, I think within a week or two after that, if I remember correctly, they, the Milwaukee Mile was, was like right. the next race in the indie series. So. Yep. Cool. And. State Fair Park, the infield held the Packers at one time, too. Ah, yeah. They played yeah. there. Yep. So a lot of history of State Fair Park. Absolutely. Yeah, the history. Maybe we'll have to take a look sometime. Uh, the Packer history playing in Milwaukee. It's, it's right. Yeah, it's legendary. Well, that's awesome. Two nice, two good old look at news. One with history, just basic history of the state and uh, another sports history. So I think we I think we nailed those two. We do my favorite segment, an old look at new. For those of you that don't know, we're joined by Paul Lecker, who's he's an Appleton kid with the three of us actually have known each other for pretty much our whole lives. And Paul has always been the sports guy. He's, he's back when there were newspapers, he wrote and then he's worked in sports departments for forever in the newspapers until they obviously became obsolete, but he, he pivoted to the Marshfield area sports.com page. And, and that's been, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you turned yourself into, into a sports reporter in, in the Marshfield area and you're bringing that to your back to your hometown in the form of the Appleton sports page. So this episode, we're going to talk about, about Appleton sports and in the, in the high schools, a little football, a little volleyball, little soccer it's uh high school sports is it's a big deal and there's there's a lot of great teams and and some of the best competition in the states right here in our backyard so yeah. welcome paul thanks guys yeah you know what paul if you could give us a little background and uh tell us a little bit about <laughs> how you started uh the your your page your um and how you became successful in that Marshfield area. The dream of becoming a sports writer started with Joe Ornstein in a press box at Goodland Field <laughs> when we did the announcing in the scoreboard at the baseball games. And I see a guy from the Post Crescent there. Yeah. Don't remember his name, but he was an older guy. You got to remember this is like in the 80s. So he's like smoking heaters and kind of funny at the time. And uh, I'm like, you can get paid to sit and watch sports and write about it and like all right so yeah that was my career path probably from junior year of high school on and uh yeah worked in kakana for a while worked at the oshkosh northwestern while i was in school and then uh, got a job in marshfield at the newspaper which you know i spent 10 years doing different jobs here and there and then um kind of got phased out of it like most of us did and started my own thing so yes it's been it's hard to believe but this is my 15th high school season of, of marshfield area sports so i've done wow. this longer than i'd worked at the newspapers which is hard to believe but um yeah and then now this pivot to appleton too i mean i know there's a there's a need for it there's not much um daily coverage of sports anymore i mean the tv stations don't even hardly do highlights anymore other than for football and um you know, so there's this, I think, a need for it. And yeah. I'm hoping I can fill that void for the people in Appleton. We were talking before about what you've done in Marshfield. I mean, you've, you've literally replaced, I mean, anybody our age, even a little bit younger than us, remembers the newspaper. I mean, you woke up in the morning, you read the newspaper or whatever. That's just how you, you looked at a box score. And this generation doesn't do that as much anymore. But 
I think people still crave that and you they certainly do in, in Marshfield it's, it's taken a couple of years to to build that up but people use that now I mean there there's actual articles of the, the games a good old fashioned article of a, of a Friday night football game a Tuesday night volleyball game whatever it is it's it's good stuff with good stats Yeah thanks yeah and the, that's I think that thing that people miss everybody eyes you know I mean one of the things we we learned in in the newspaper business was people love to see their kids name in print and yeah you know even the in a basketball box score if a kid goes zero for zero and scored zero points he's still part of that team and he got to play and now his name is in the box score and it's there you know i guess it's there forever for to look at you know and and um so that's kind of what i try to do is you know bring back the the stats printing off the top 20 in the cross country meet or, you know, who all did what in the volleyball game. You guys were both backup running backs, you know, in the box score, if you got the, the two for six next to your name, I mean, Hey, you made the box score, you know, and, and (laughs) yeah, you know, people like it and, and it is, it has taken off here and I'm pretty happy that it's been uh, pretty accepted now and then people know where to go to, because they're not going to get it anywhere else. Right. I mean, newspapers are a thing of the past. So it's absolutely. And we'll we'll have all the links in, in the description and, and on our social pages. And I mean, it's just Appleton Sports page. It's easily found. So check it out for sure. But with that said, let's start with mm-hmm. football, I, I guess. I mean, what, what what's your overall take on the Appleton teams? What uh, you know, we can get into each individual team, but just kind of a. Yeah, I mean, overall view, what, what, what's your take? I've gotten a chance to see Appleton North, Appleton East, and Xavier in person so far. Um, I was pretty impressed by Xavier. I saw them this past week. Um, they had a tough game with Wrightstown, and then they kind of just buried them in the end. They they wore them down. They, they have, I would say, three really good running backs that they kind of shuttle in, and their quarterback can run the ball. Looking ahead at their schedule – I'd be surprised if they lost the rest of the year. You know, they're going to have two or three games that they'll be challenged, I'm sure. But just by seeing them, I think they're really deep and and pretty good. Um, Appleton North is going to learn really how good they are in the next couple of weeks when they play Nina and Kakana. They haven't, you know, they were challenged by Fond du Lac, but, you know, they had a big early lead on them last week. Um, and then Fond du Lac caught up, but they held on. Um, otherwise, they haven't really been challenged by anybody. That's very good. So... If they want to be 8-0 going into that Kimberly game the last week, they're going to have, obviously they have to win all their games, but Nina and Kakana, I think, are going to be their toughest, toughest ones on the way. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was a good game this week. I mean, surprising game. Kakana, I mean, just came yeah. out and, and kind of handed it to Nina, which is uh, was a big surprise. I thought looking at the teams and looking at the first few weeks, the way Nina was playing, they're a decent team. I know they lost a couple guys to injuries, and I know they're uh, – their starting quarterback isn't right. playing yet. I know he's hurt as well, but uh, they're still, you know, they're still a good team. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I got to see them against. They played Appleton East two weeks ago, and yeah, for being a team that was ranked, I I didn't think they played up to that. You know, they were ranked, I think, eighth in the state, and yeah. But like you said, they had you know a lot of injuries, and quarterbacks usually your best athlete, and if they don't have him on the field yet, you know, they maybe they're gonna right. struggle. Kakana, yeah. I heard this isn't a surprise that they were going to be, you know, they're going to challenge Appleton North and and Kimberly this year because neither of those teams are maybe as outstanding as they usually are. They're very good, Mm -hmm. but they're not maybe the, you know, six time state champion Kimberly teams that we've seen in the past. And you saw that last time. Fond du Lac almost, almost knocked them off. And you guys both speak to it. I think overall, so we're, we're, we're recording this as week four ends. We're, we're approaching half the halfway point of the high school season. To me, I mean, in my opinion, and, and I think you you guys are, are kind of speaking to the same thing. It's it's a very wide open FBA. I don't. There's not a dominant team. I mean, there's there's not a a Kimberly like you've seen in the past that's just going to win or or you know it's going to be Kimberly Bayport. <laughs> you, you're not seeing that. Uh, it. You, I, I think the level is maybe down slightly in, in the FBA's level of play, skill of play, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that opens up the Kakanas, the Ninas, the the Kimberleys, the Norths. You know, all of those teams are are in yeah. play, and 
they can make a run in the playoffs in any one of those teams. Yeah, you don't know. (laughs) You don't know because for what Bayport lost their first two games. (laughs) I mean, you know, maybe the maybe the stronger teams are in the South this year. We, you know, you don't know till the end, I guess. But Fond du Lac hasn't won a game yet. Yeah, look who they played. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I would say they might be the 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 best yeah right team in the state that hasn't won a game. I mean, easily the best team to be own four. Oh, right, they played. They played McGuanago, I think, and uh, I don't know if they played Arrowhead. I don't remember what their one game was, but yeah. And then they took North and Kimberly right to the end. And from what I saw, right. probably should have won both of them. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You can say what you want about Kimberly, though, but until somebody right. knocks them off, right? They're still the top peg. They deserve. They deserve it. <laughs> I mean, right? You know, <laughs> and and teams have come close over the last few years. And Kimberly, Kimberly always just seems to find a way in those last couple minutes to pull it out. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. They really do. They really do. And mm-hmm. they, you know, we have a half a season. We have another five games for for these these teams to ramp up, get healthy. I mean, you're you're right with Nina. You know, yeah. I don't think Nina's playing their best ball right now. I, I think if they can get healthy, I don't know what the status is on their injured players, but they're certainly competitive and most times the better team right now. You add a couple of of studs on that team and and look out. Right. It should be it should be fun yeah i mean and i look at like even fox valley lutheran now um three and one their only loss was to xavier and they got yeah they got it handed to him pretty good but oh yeah that might not be in the end they both could end up eight and one <laughs> i mean you know it's you don't know True. they they look good that that conference is is pretty tough i mean little shoot rights town um luxembourg i think is pretty decent too so they're off all off to a decent start so yeah, that conference, oh. Northeastern Conference, is going to be that's going to be a real yeah. dogfight. I think of those of those right. three conferences. That's the one I kind of have my eye on these next few weeks. That conference um, was a conference that every team went to playoffs yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, and they made deep runs. And right. we had Coach Yeager, and uh, Coach Yeager said, you know, he said that every team lost a lot of high quality skills seniors. So he was this kind of you know, you have to fill those those spaces in. And uh, when you lose those types of players, somebody has to step up. And the team that has those players step up is going to uh, be tough to beat in that conference. Right. But every single game is a grind in that conference. There's no no weeks off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> you know, I saw like, uh, was it Seymour that was winless and yeah. they won last night? And yeah, so I mean, it's like, you never know. But Fox Valley looks like their, their quarterback, pretty talented guy. Yeah, Hygis. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a good player. Absolutely. Yeah. He had six touchdowns, I believe, this last game. So three running, three passing. Yeah. A couple of them were long ones. So, yeah, pretty exciting team, it sounds like. High school football, you got to love it. Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. as much as For we sure. love football, I know there are other sports out there, and we love those equally as, as much. And volleyball has become like a, a pretty – Last several years, that, that that sport has really gained popularity. It's really, really competitive. And and again, some of the best teams in the state are up here. And, and one right off the bat, Appleton North, sure. both boys and girls are top team in the state. Right. Yeah, Appleton North girls are ranked third in Division One, and the boys are ranked second. Um, you got Xavier in Division Two is ranked first, and Fox Valley is ranked third. <laughs> so that's oh. a lot of power powerhouses just in the city of Appleton then. Xavier is defending state champ in Division Two oh. um, for girls, and they won another tournament this past weekend in Kettle Moraine against you know a number of Division One schools are there. Um, they're really good. <laughs> they don't they don't hardly even lose a set. They just they just kill everybody. They got um, four or five different girls that are hitting the ball and. Yeah, I mean, they just, they kind of, at this point of the year, look unstoppable. I mean, granted, there's almost two months left, but yeah, they, they look pretty bound to get to Green Bay again. Um, Appleton North, another team that seems really balanced on the girls' side. They have a lot of lot of hitters. Um, Emerson Van and Land in the setter for Appleton North. Um, putting up just monster numbers, and, and from watching volleyball, if a setter has in a three set sweep has 30 some assists, she's doing her job. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. setting her teammates up perfectly every time. And, and uh, you know, that's, they look like they're on a roll too. Um, the boys had a, had a big tournament this weekend. Um, Fox Valley association tournament in Kimberly 
Appleton North and Kimberly both have strong teams um, ranked in the top five in the state. So yeah, the, there could be a, just a few teams, three, four teams from Appleton heading up to Green Bay for state this year. What does the schedule look like for volleyball? So there, the state championship is at the Rush Center. When, when is that? Um, I believe the first weekend okay. of November. And then you have a couple of weeks of playoffs leading up to that. So Right. Regional okay. sectionals, yep. So you'll have, unless you get a bye, the the, the higher seeded teams you normally would get a bye. So they'll play they'll play three or four matches okay. to get to staff. Yeah, that'll be good. I mean, I know I, having kids gone in North, I remember, you know, both boys and girls being up there the last couple of years. It, that's exciting. They, they draw pretty well. And we, we might have mentioned this in, a, in another uh, episode, but the, the other day down in Nebraska, did you see where they had 95,000 people for the women's volleyball in the stadium? That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Quite a novel yeah. idea. I'm sure it'll be copied yeah. quite often now. Yeah, I can see. I can see Camp oh, Randall. Absolutely, back. I've heard that, that that they've been looking at it, you know, yeah. or maybe even doing something at the Brewer Stadium was a possibility oh, sure. too that I saw. So then they don't have to worry about the weather. So that's true. That's a good them, point. Them yeah. and Marquette may be doing something together. So oh yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be fun. It's it's amazing. I mean, I volleyball <laughs> is always popular, but I think the popularity of volleyball on both the girls and boys side has just skyrocketed. And you just see the numbers and like, like you talked about Paul earlier, um, the travel teams and the clubs, right. there's so many of them out there now for these kids to play. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I think the Badgers success has a lot to do with the two, especially you know, lately. I know, I mean, right. here in Marshfield, that's the way it's been. The, the two teams here, the private school Columbus and the public school Marshfield, great volleyball programs for years but they're taking trips down to madison every year now doing these team bonding kind of things to go see them they go to the camps and i mean yeah it's, it has a lot to do with it and then yeah just the the commitment by the parents you know the kids obviously have to want to do it and it's a lot right. of work but you know they they obviously enjoy it i mean back in the day i guess it was more so just maybe baseball because baseball is a summer sport and you know and softball to an extent, um, now it's everything. <laughs> yeah, it oh, really it is, is. Absolutely. You know, it's it's year round, good or bad, I guess that is. But you know, yep. it's it's year round for a lot of these kids, and if they really love it, good for them. You know, and and you see the talent level rising because right. of it. And the number of D one players coming out of the area on the girls' side, especially, is sure. amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. every school has a D one player. It seems like so, pretty right. incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. that's going to be some battles uh you know like you said the boys have the, those are going to be some good teams to watch and uh the girls side uh yeah xavier xavier and fel both look really really tough i mean i i know xavier took down fel in straight sets mm-hmm. uh a couple weeks ago but i don't think fel has lost since that right. so so yeah it's right. going to be uh should be some good battles yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is that you know if they have to match up in the postseason, only, only one can go. But right, um, hopefully they, I guess, hopefully they get that chance again. That'd be that'd be a great sectional match, probably. There's more and more athletes now that are going to you know certainly D three, sure. but there's there's a way more D one athletes I think in the last say ten years than we've ever seen because of the internet. It's so much easier to be able to reach out to these schools and get scouted without them having to travel all over the country to see a play. You know, I think it's a, it's a big, big part of it, big part of it. And they, and there's a lot more with the summer, especially with basketball, summer circuit, things like that, that are huge all over the country. They have these tournaments constantly in volleyball is another thing that, you know, these national tournaments that, that people from Fox Valley now are traveling to that never used to be like that. So they're getting noticed a lot more. Yeah, you're right, right on the internet piece, especially. I mean, these kids are putting together right. pages, having Instagram pages, and people are, you know, coaches are, they have to be up on the social media to get these kids. I mean, yeah, like, like Joe said, they've had, there's so many D1 athletes now from Wisconsin. I mean, I think back of like how cool it was to find out, oh, some guy from Denmark is going to Iowa State to play or something like that, you know? And now it's common. Joe Wolf? Yeah, Joe Wolf, guys like that. Yeah. yeah. Now it's common. Yeah. You know, I mean, the NCAA tournament was littered with Wisconsin kids last year. Tons of teams. And from all over, you right. know, some from the Fox Valley even. 
And it's all sports too. I mean, right. we're seeing it. I mean, we know some bowlers that are that are doing right. really well in college, and and tennis players and yeah. golfers. It's uh, yeah, it's nuts. I never thought about that though. You're right with with the internet. That's a huge. It's a different world, Tosh. I mean, you and I have kind of talked about the evolution of the sidelines and the high school game over the last couple of episodes, yeah. and this just keeps that conversation going. With yeah, the use of the internet and all the social pages. Everybody wants, you know, every dad is out there have having his phone whenever his yeah. kid's out on the field mm-hmm. and huddle. And, you know, for hockey, we have Live Barn and we have all these different programs now where you can edit yourself out. It's super easy to put together a hype reel for sure to get out to colleges, which which is fantastic yep. for the kids. I mean, it's absolutely yeah, and it's making a great. One a of great the funniest thing. things I heard from uh, from a kid that did just that, he went on to play D1 football and he had. He had one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in high school football. It was a hurdle. Illegal, had to throw the flag, but it's the most athletic play you've ever seen. And I've gotten to know him over the years, and I said, yeah, it kills me to throw that flag. And he said, well, you know what? I used that clip in my highlight film. He said, the only suggestion I have for you is, could you just wait on holding the flag because it doesn't look good on the clip when you're hurtling and there's a flag going up in the air? <laughs> but they were kind of, that was probably, that play probably happened four years ago, and they were conscious of it then and, and using it. That I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it's really happened a lot. Like Eric was saying, you know, with the, the internet is just – it's changed. I mean, obviously it's changed life in general, but with, with the scouting, how much easier it is and how you get a people's attention with those highlight reels. And then they maybe send somebody to come watch or they pay someone locally to go watch for them or whatever. And, and yeah, like I said, I mean, guys are going all over the place from, from Wisconsin to play every sport. I mean, we know a person, their daughter is playing golf at Montana of all places. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. I mean, how does that happen? Yeah. And I think it's easier for these kids to move between levels too now. Um, you know, you have kids moving from, you know, D3 to D2 and D2 to D1. Uh, I know there's an athlete from FVL uh, who's a captain of the D1 team he's on now, but started out playing like yeah. uh, D2 in Minnesota. Yeah. You so, see, um, yeah. Ryan Ramchek from Stevens Point, who played for the, he played at UW Stevens right. Point. He wasn't a big recruit out of college. Two years there, and everybody's like, you should be playing Big Ten. <laughs> and now he's the first round pick and one of the highest paid linemen <laughs> right. in the league. So, I mean, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, those are great stories, mm-hmm. aren't they? And we're, we're seeing them more and more. It's, it's actually, it's pretty cool yeah. to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough in uh, the Wisconsin Valley to have seen, you know, him. Um, Vince Beagle, when he was at Wisconsin Rapids, who went to play for the batters and played in the NFL for a while, those guys were beasts. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> things have changed over the last few years. They really have. These these players are are so much bigger, and they just they um, they train a lot differently now. You know, and they're when these kids have these six foot four frames and and they're seventeen, sixteen years old. Yeah, they they maybe see the potential and what they can do and they, they work for it now. So yeah, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Well, as we move around the sports horn, a uh, little footy, how, how are we looking in the soccer world? Well, I haven't gotten a chance to see any of the local teams yet, but I, just from what I've, what I've been seeing, Xavier has a really good boys soccer team too. Um, they're six and one, the conference play just started. So they played a few of the public schools. I believe they beat Appleton East. Um, yeah. And, uh, Fox Valley Lutheran is undefeated in their conference so far. Um, the Fox Valley Association right now looks wide open, and there's only one team that hasn't lost or tied yet, um, and they've only played three games. So <laughs> they're kind of beating each other up already. Um, Hortonville is 6-0-2 heading into this next week. So um, I got I did get a chance to see them play a little bit. They played in Marshfield the uh, opening game of the season. And – I mean, it's soccer, you know, right. it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, but, but they looked, um, they look fast. They look big. That's another and, sport as well, where the club teams play such a huge part. I remember when my son Cooper played for, for Appleton North a couple of years ago and, you know, as him and, and there were a bunch of teammates that played on, on club teams together. And that, that makes a huge difference. And when you, it sounds like maybe Hortonville might be in that situation where 
you get a couple of those kids playing together and it, it's, it's tough to, to handle that at the high school level the, you know, the, the play is mm-hmm. the club level is so much better than, than the high school level play um, that those kids usually can pretty much dominate a game and you get a few of them together and you can start rattling off wins in the FEA. Pretty right. Much. Yeah. That a cohesion that, yeah, the cohesion yeah. that they build is very important in soccer. It really is. They just, they, um, you know, I don't know the intricacies of that game yeah. real That's well, but, you know, you can tell when, when, yeah. yeah, when a team is a well-oiled machine, they're tough to, tough to take down. Yeah. Like, like most of these sports just, and, and especially though, in, in soccer, <clears throat> if you, you can handle the ball and touch the ball. It's, it'd be similar to basketball and, and lacrosse. If your ball skills are, are, uh, you know, above average, you, you can pretty much dominate at the high school level. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that FBA race looks pretty tough. I mean, Nobody's really stood out so far, so we'll have to see what happens. I guess you know two, they play two games a week, and season ends quick. <laughs> it really does. You know, yeah, it does. It go, it flies by. I mean, once school starts, you think football. They got three games in already before school starts, and right. And yeah, pretty soon we're bundling up, going to those October games. <laughs> we cherish these September and and September nights. But I tell you. I, was lucky to work some Thursday and Friday night games here the last couple of weeks. And you could not ask other than one night, you could not ask for better weather. It's just perfect. Yeah. No, no, uh, thunderstorms. Yeah, we, we had just one, one Friday last night we did, but uh, yeah, otherwise it's been beautiful. Yeah. Oh, anything yeah. else? What else are we missing in, in the FEA? Um, looks like Kakana girls golf is running away with things. They're pretty much hammering everybody. Um, that season's almost done or not already, sure. believe it or not. Um, there's, I think, only two weeks left before oh. before regionals and sectionals. So state is, I want to say, October seventh in that week. So that's coming up yeah. quick. Um, looks like there's a few girls from the area that could contend. So yeah. I, I heard some rumors that they're looking at the golf tournament switching to Aaron Ooh. Hills to become the state the state okay. site. Okay. So I know that was on the guys' side. I was. Yeah. Talking, I think I was talking to the guys' coach, and uh, so I don't know. If, yeah, the girls. I mean, I, I assume they're still at University Ridge. Over the last few years, you know, during the COVID year, twenty twenty one, Madison didn't have a whole lot going on that right. fall yet, and so, um, I believe it was in at one of the Kohler courses. Okay. Black Wolf. Um, the boys, I think, was at Black Wolf the last couple of years. Okay. Now, I believe. Not positive. Believe both of them are back at University Ridge this year, but it's the last year of that. Okay. And I think they're looking for yeah new homes. So that that would be that'd be something. That's a tough yeah. course. <laughs> it's a very tough course. <laughs> uh, I saw they had a big college tournament there. Marquette hosted something last okay. week there, and a lot of the top players in the country are playing. And some guy shoots like a sixty-four or something. <laughs> It's incredible. The uh, <laughs> the barstool foreplay guys, which is it's the golf uh, guys, they came up to Wisconsin. They were talking about Wisconsin has five or six of the top fifty public courses in the in the U.S. It, it's, it's incredible, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and that's not counting probably not counting yeah. Century yet, which will probably mm-hmm. get on yeah. that list soon. Um, that place is just unbelievable now. Um, or you know some other nice courses. I mean, we've played University right. Ridge before that place is awesome you know i mean um there's a wild original claire there's so many really good ones that you know but yeah i mean the big boys the sand valley and and whistling aaron hills yeah aaron hills yeah yeah to 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 spend that kind of money to build courses in a state where we can only golf for six months if we're lucky (laughs) (laughs) you know but they've you know it's the the climate's great for the grass and the topography of the of the land and you know it's just they love it developers keep coming and building more i right. mean they just put another one on sand valley they have three courses there now so so my understanding of that course at sand valley the one that they just built they took that from an old new jersey golf course that, that got overtaken by world war yes. ii and then did it did it if i'm understanding the story right. right it made its appearance on one of the video games and they actually took the exact specs and had gps bulldozers just carve this golf course into mm-hmm. into wisconsin land yeah i read a, I read a story about that too about how they how they rebuilt that course and they, how they used 
um, just computers to to rebuild off of pictures, off of um, different things. Because I I want to say that that course was a was kind of a ripoff from some course in Europe somewhere, and you know built in the twenties at the I time. It was a top five course 20s. in the world when it was at New Jersey. You know, in the twenties or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I mean, I I, I watched the video when that when it must have been last summer. I think they opened it right at the end of last summer to, you know, members or whatever. And uh, I saw the video of somebody taking a tour of it and playing it. They were the first groups to play it, and it was like two of the architects and then this random social media guy got to play with them and put this video together. And it was great. And it, it just was like unbelievable. The stuff that that's they can nuts do. gps bulldozers just make whatever you want yeah but unfortunately i'll probably never be able to afford to play there <laughs> but <laughs> i think you have to be a member to, uh, like a member have a membership to be play okay, on that new sure. course okay hey but you get you know. great drone footage so it's all good hey i have a question for you going mm -hmm. you know kind of going back to to the page and what you do mm -hmm. i mean are you out and about like almost every single day of the week checking out games and just going try to different to. events. Okay. Yeah, try to. Yep. I mean, Mondays are usually light. Wednesdays, there's usually nothing. So those are kind of my days where I'm not doing a whole lot, but otherwise, okay. you know, yeah. Otherwise I'm out trying to get to whatever I can, you know, sometimes I'll even not fully report on a game. I'll just go and take pictures at two or three different things in one day. And okay. just kind of get a feel of what's going on and get some visual stuff out there too so well we're happy to have you here on this show and, and i know we'll have you back too because i mean you you have a pulse on on what's going on certainly with the five appleton schools and basically overall with the fba and the other conferences around here and it's you know like we said football all, all the sports really but if football i mean there's any friday night any thursday night really whatever field or gym you're in it's going to be a pretty good competitive game for the most part there's some some really good high school high school sports for in this sure. area we're lucky for sure i mean i saw it firsthand last year when a uh i believe a 13 seed appleton north boys basketball team came to marshfield and beat them in the first round of the playoffs and uh you know they knew marshfield knew what was coming because they know that that fox valley for boys basketball, all girls too, but boys especially is nuts. And you can't believe a team that has an eight and 12, 20 record is being a bad team because they, the competition they played every night. And they were, I mean, it was amazing to think that that team only won eight or nine games all year. Yeah. How good they were. And that's, yeah, you know, that's, I think it seems to be the, the state of the way the Fox Valley Association especially is now. In it's like the everything. old black and blue division, right? They just hammer on each other, and but you right. make it to the playoffs. Maybe I don't. It hardens right. you for the playoffs, I guess. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, the way high school sports is in Wisconsin. I mean, or we're you know probably most places. You really never know how good a team is until they start playing teams outside right. their conference. Yeah, you know, you get you get these teams that anybody can be undefeated if their conference stinks. You right. know, if they're the best of the worst teams. You know, you always get these, foot, you know, foot, in football, it's an example of these four and three conference teams that make playoffs and then they lose by 50 points the first game. Well, they're just the best of the worst teams, right? That, make, right. that ended up making the, the playoffs. Best of the worst. So, what does that get you? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but once they start playing each other and, and you see, you know, wow, that that conference must be really good if if they're ninth place team out of out of 10 can come and beat a conference champion you know and that's yeah that's the way it's looking for i think boys basketball is gonna be really really good again this year in the valley yeah no we'll we'll have you on before or right at the start of the season or whatever and, and talk about that that'll be exciting too but we'll enjoy the fall weather in the meantime and watch a little football and right. volleyball and yeah believe it or not basketball season starts yeah. in two months november 12th i believe well thank you so much oh, yeah you bet i think the biggest thanks is thanks for bringing your page to appleton i mean yeah. it's it's something that that i think parents and kids 
and uh you know hopefully the high schools will really get on board with because you're right like you said there's nothing like it anymore we can't just open up a paper we just don't have that kind of coverage of high school sports we have a lot of amazing athletes going d1 going d2 playing college sports that um it'd be nice to get their uh there's stuff out there and you're you're doing that so thanks for bringing it to the valley you bet you bet i'm glad to do it and look forward to this great school year and football playoffs are coming (laughs) absolutely well leck it was a pleasure as always and we'll have you uh like i said we'll have you on again talk a little playoff football a little basketball preview and in the meantime everybody appleton sports page and we'll have all the links in the description and get the best coverage there is all right thanks All right, NoosaCast listeners, here's everybody's favorite, the forgotten and never forgetting segments, where we talk about something we want to forget and something we never want to forget or never forgotten. Yeah, we forget or forgot, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'll let you go first, Joe. Let's see what you have. Well, Tosh, this is certainly forgotten for me. Uh, week one of the NFL season It's my fantasy team. None of a gun. I tell you what, I think it's, uh, uh, it's fantasy. Uh, You know, I I have no hope. My team can't score. It's, uh, (laughs) it's a long season, Tash. It's a long season. I really don't know why I play this game. I've I've played it for a long time and it's just frustrating every single year. So it's definitely (laughs) forgotten week one, right off the bat, my fantasy team. Oh man. Yeah. I I haven't played fantasy for a long time. Part of the reason is that you know, like you're saying, week one, already done. So 18 more weeks. Hey, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Tash? What's forgotten in your world? Uh, forgotten. Uh, you know, forgotten is, is summer. We're moving on to fall now. Yeah. So I like, yes, I like fall. I like the temperatures and everything. Uh, so, you know, summer's great. It's a good time. But uh, those days are gone. School started. And uh, we're moving forward and continuing to move forward. So, yeah, summer gone see ya time for fall it is it goes quicker but here i hear you the the sun is setting sooner too i hate that yeah used to be a month ago it was 9 30 now it's eight o'clock yeah yep soon to be seven o'clock and uh yeah summer summer see ya gone those days are gone time to move on to fall we got football we've got fall sports we've got school and uh the days get shorter but the uh the time gets busier for me that's right. Football's back, right? It's football season. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you got, Joe? What are you never forgetting? Well, Tash, I'm never forgetting my fantasy football team. I tell you what, it's <laughs> uh, it's exciting. I've got three guys left on, on the Sunday night game. It's it's why I play, you know, it's just so so there's something something to do on Sunday night. Get excited about it. Played this for a long time and I love it every year and barely get frustrated it's just it's a lot of fun to play so i'm I'm never forgetting this feeling of of playing fantasy football even though your team is done already <laughs> <laughs> the yin and yang of fantasy sports <laughs> nice all right well um so this week my never forgotten is uh 9-11 i mean yeah. taking a historical look at that i mean that i remember it was my second year of teaching and uh einstein middle school and pulling a TV on a cart, we don't do that anymore, pulling a TV yeah. on a cart into your room and uh, actually sitting in with my eighth graders and seeing the second tower get hit. Um, ah. You know, think about all the, the men and women uh, who lost their lives in the towers and all of the firemen and policemen and first responders who um, also, you know, uh, perished during that event. It's, it, uh, you know, we can't forget that. Absolutely not. And we never will as a country. Um, you know, I'm sure all of us who, who, uh, who were alive during that time knew, know exactly where we were. Yeah. hundred percent. First of all, what a very appropriate, never forgetting. I mean, absolutely. I'm never going to forget that, that either. So you were, it was your second year teaching. You were, you were teaching, uh, I was teaching in, uh, middle school at Einstein middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, because I mean, I remember that day too. Getting the news, actually, I was listening to the fan up in Green Bay. A rookie was it was still on on there, and he. Yeah. I, I remember them thinking it was a small plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know they they didn't know what was going on, obviously, and, and 
Wow, that's something. So, how long did how long were the kids in in the classroom? Then, what was your day like? Oh man, that day? I, you know, things kind of came to a standstill. I mean, somebody came in and said the tower was hit, and we put it on TV and we sat and watched. And you know, I yeah, it, it, we really didn't do a lot. At some point, we had to get back to doing some teaching. Uh, we had teams back then, so we rotated through our classes and we just kind of stuck in our classes and you know, talked about what was going on and stuff. And, um, you know, a surreal moment for sure. I, I remember listening to, you know, talk radio shortly after that comparing, I mean, they compared it to Pearl Harbor as far as just monumental events in somebody's life. Remember where you are, yeah. JFK assassination, you know, yeah. that type of thing. That's no different for us. So you're absolutely right. I remember, I feel like I remember every second of that day almost. Right. You, you, yeah. You're, and even the days after, you know, I remember that night, so I worked that day, got home, and every single station, a, a yeah. cable box, you know, 100 stations were all the exact same thing, focused on, you know, the, the lights coming from the towers and just yeah. trying to decipher. But, I, you know, it, one, I guess it makes you realize that only a few companies actually own these stations. So, you know, the Food Network was whatever on ABC right. and the Comedy right. Channel was on whatever. But, yeah, that was something else. I mean, we we as Americans certainly – it was a different feeling then. We we really all bonded and one for all, all for one for sure during that time. Yeah, and just how eerie it was not having any flights. Yeah, the planes the grounded. Yeah, the skies were empty. You're never going to forget that. Absolutely no. not. And we never should. I mean, those people who lost their lives and all those brave um, first responders and firemen and policemen who went in there to try to save people. That's absolutely an incredible time in our history. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, something that never, ever going to, to be forgotten. No, absolutely. A great one, Tosh. That was, uh, epic for sure. So great memory. And if you haven't seen any of the documentaries on nine 11, there's some fantastic ones out yeah. there on that day. So, well, I love it, Tosh. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for, uh, for remembering. We're, we're certainly never going to forget. have got a special throwback once again this week we take on the grave digger number 93 of the green bay packers former nose tackle played under the mike holmgren years had the famous every time he had a quarterback sack he dug that grave and he threw a lot of quarterbacks in that grave and tosh maybe more than anything he had one hell of a sandwich at one of the local uh, fast food joints i'll tell you that wow. yeah the gilbert burger, gilbert burger. Is that the, what it was? you got it <laughs> Yeah. Burger King was a triple patty. Yes. Yes. Oh, that was good. <laughs> good stuff. The, they could have called that the grave digger because your ar arteries clog <laughs> as soon as that thing hit your, right. hit your stomach it's in the grave. <laughs> but yet, but you know, he was a, he was a special player. Um, 2007, 2008, he entered the Packer hall yes. of fame. Uh, right about the time he was at the red Smith sports yeah. banquet. So, um, he had some great years with the Packers uh, played his uh, college ball at University of Kansas. Yes. Yeah. 2007. So, he was at the uh, at the Red Smith banquet. Um, he received the the Red Smith Award that year. And Bill Rafferty too. Uh, he he's still. I mean, one of the greatest college basketball announcers. Bill was the main speaker that year. And uh, Jack Bennett, Dick Bennett's brother, uh, received the Nice Guy Award that year. So that yeah. was a, that was a great year. And Gilbert was one of those guys. I mean. He was a run stuffer, no question about it. He 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 plugged the hole, but he was just one of those characters that, um, you know, every great team, a lot of lot of teams. You know, you had remember the fridge from from the uh, from the Bears, and you know, right. guys right. like that. Gil Gilbert was very similar to to that in the sense that he was just just this big personality. I mean, he was he was the grave digger after yeah. all, and and he was um although maybe somewhat of a quiet person in in, in person, his, his persona was just larger than life. Absolutely. And, and also, you know, as big as he was the amazing athlete. Oh yes. You see that guy, see that guy move. And it was, it was pretty incredible. Absolutely. For, yeah, you're absolutely right. For being that huge to, to be that light on your feet, to be able to, I mean, yeah. he could rush the quarterback. <laughs> he just bull rush right, right through him. Mean, he's very, very absolutely. athletic. He'd shoot that a gap and, and look out. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed this, um, this full interview on the YouTube channel of Gilbert Brown, Packer Hall of Famer. 
And uh, remember, you're going to get a clip of it on the podcast. Absolutely. Podcast drops every Thursday. The new cast and the full recording of the Red Smith throwback is every Sunday. So if you do us a favor and just like and subscribe, we would really appreciate it. But in the meantime, enjoy Gilbert Brown. Red Smith Sports Awards. Banquet throwback. The Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin. And also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, our 2007 Red Smith Award winner, number 93, the gravedigger, Gilbert Brown. Alright, sit down, sit down, sit down. I gotta fix this mic. A lot of short people was up here. Let me fix this thing. <laughs> anyway, first of all, I want to thank uh, the big man upstairs because without him, there's nothing possible. Uh, <clears throat> I want to thank the Green Bay Packers for giving me a chance to play football because uh, without them, I wouldn't be standing up here. Uh, I want to say I got to the team in 93 and Lee Rimmel still looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> Don't beat me up, Lee. I had to do it, man. I had to do it. <laughs> and uh, first of all, and also I want to thank all the fans out there because uh, it's been a lot of games and it's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of different things. And But uh, you guys have always been there for us. And uh, I know you guys heard it like I heard it when we lost Reggie. And uh, I always, I always think about him, man. If it's a, if it's a song on it or anything, you know, he pops into my head. So, any chance I got a time to say his name, you know, I would do it. And um, I also uh, want to thank these fine people for giving me this beautiful award. I won't let my son use it as a cup. <laughs> He's 13 and he wears my suits, so. Just to let y'all know, you know. <laughs> and, um, but again, I want to thank you. I want to congratulate all you young people. And uh, I got something to say to you young people. Uh, there's a lot of things in this world that you can do, but there's one thing that I want you guys to remember is always do not take things for granted. I mean, I lost my father. He was 48 and I was, I was uh, 19, I believe. And uh, your parents, your mother and your father, you know, a lot of people say, well, I look at Michael Jordan, I look at such and such uh, who as role models, but you never get to touch them. You'll never get to see them in person, but you see your mother and father in person. So that should be your role models and, and treat them with respect because I'm a mama's boy and I love my mama to death. <laughs> and I'm not scared to say it, you know? So thank you guys, and thank you for this beautiful, beautiful award, and God bless you guys. Oh, one more thing. And when you guys, I know all you guys are gonna come out to the Milwaukee Mile this year. <laughs> if you do, and on uh, that first thing we got, was it May 6th you said? Don't bring no minivan with 100 kids in it. <laughs> you cannot get on the track with a minivan. Thank you. Thank you once again for tuning in. Uh, remember, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers about this uh, podcast so we can continue to grow. You know, our biggest goal here is to basically bring awareness to youth sports. And uh, one of the big goals is bring awareness to youth sports. And, you know, this episode was all about youth sports. Yes, high school, youth sports, absolutely. And, just like Tosh said, please, please, please like, subscribe, share, tell a friend about it. 
go on our YouTube page, check out a podcast. It helps. It 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 just it highlights really really good stories on youth sports and in our area. And that that's really just at the end of the day that that's what we want to do: bring these stories to you. So let's share the word. Absolutely, get it out there. Let some people know about this. And if you like this, continue to uh, tune in and uh, check out Spotify. Check out iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out YouTube. And um, be ready for next week. We have another great episode for you that will be coming out at the end of the week. Uh, We just thank you for continuing to tune in. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We appreciate your support. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thanks to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and create awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeastern Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes. 